software, firmware, situation, update. Stephen Hackett, Mike, Federico, connected. Hello. What's up? What's up? How are you? Pretty patient, polite. In this economy? What are you doing? No. I don't care. Uh... Software, firmware, situation, update. Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 295. It's made possible this week by our sponsors, Pingdom and Bombas. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I am joined by Mr. Mike Curley. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. We're also joined by our friend Federico Vitici. What's up? Hey, buddy. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm uh, pretty good. It's good information to know. Pretty good. That you are good. good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good. We have uh, some follow-up, and we should start with the music you heard at the beginning of the show. It's a little bit different this week. Mike, do you want to explain what we uh, played as our intro? Last week on the show, um, well, after the show, which, by the way, you can listen live. We record this show live. What time is it in America? It is 1 p.m. Eastern. 1 p.m. Eastern or 6 p.m. in London, 7 p.m. in Rome. Uh, we record every week on Wednesdays. Uh, you can listen live at relay.fm slash live, or even better, you can listen live directly in the Relay FM members Discord. So if you're a Relay FM member, you can listen and chat along as we go. And we were looking at our titles as we do every week because our listeners suggest titles and then we pick from one. And we liked the title of last week's episode, which was what was it called? Software firmware situation update. There you go. Software firmware situation update. Where that was just a sentence, as Stephen said. He said during the show, software firmware situation update. It's not really a that calling that a sentence is. Well, but you nice just said me. it like you know you okay. You said it's like the software firmware situation update or yeah. something like that, right? Yeah. And when it was written down as a title, one of us thought I don't remember who thought it looked funny because it it looked like the Daft Punk song. Stronger, better, faster, something. What was that song called? I'm terrible at this today. This shouldn't have been given Harder, to me. Harder, better, faster, stronger. Thank you. Harder, better, faster, stronger. You didn't have your coffee today, did you? I just had it, so it's yet to kick. Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay. Oh, so you it's going to be fun in 10 minutes In over about here. 15 minutes or 15. so. Okay. The japes will return, right? But we've okay. got to wait for that. So uh, we were making fun of the fact that it looked like the Daft Punk song. So that was why we titled the episode with the commas. We added the commas. And then Carter... Uh, created their musical version of that title with some additional mm -hmm. clips in it as well. So that was very good. I'll put a link in the show notes to Carter's creation uh, in case you want to check it out for yourself. Maybe download it as a ringtone or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's a very, very, very good remix. We we thoroughly uh, encourage all kinds of uh, fan artwork creations and music creations yeah. of the show. Tattoos. Yes, always. Whatever. Fan fiction, if that's your thing, you know, if you wanna, whoa, if you wanna oh, do that, you can connect to the fan fiction. Yeah, yeah, whatever, man. There's gonna be a lot of uh, muting from me today. 
because I'm using a mechanical keyboard because yesterday uh, I was on a Zoom call and I want to explain to you kind of how I have Where my general... Where is this going? How can I need we to go expl- from fan fiction to mechanical well, keyboards? Well, because I just typed something very quickly to, to put into the show notes and I'm, I'm concerned that it might make a noise because I was on a Zoom call yesterday. It was like one of those, like not a meeting, but like a more hangouty Zoom call, right? You know? Yeah. And it was encouraged that like, you know, this is cool. So like, you know, we're all hanging out. So maybe bring a beer. So I had a beer with me. And w- oh, where no. I'm sitting right now, I have my notebook in front of me, my keyboard uh, behind that. Then I have my mouse and my trackpad to the right, and then I have two coasters to the right of that. At the moment is my empty coffee cup, which, by the way, it's happening right now. I'm feeling it kicking. And my bottle of water, they sit on the coasters. And I thought to myself, I want to be sipping from the beer more, so I'm going to bring the coaster to the left of the mouse and put the beer on it. So I did that. 20 seconds later, I knocked the beer into my keyboard. Like, it was... I put it down, I moved my arm, I moved my back, moved it back, and it just went everywhere. So it filled the keyboard with beer. I then picked up the keyboard, then the beer spilled on me. And this is all happening while on a video call, and I'm trying to pretend like nothing's going on. It was like a whole big thing. So I have now ordered another Microsoft Sculpt ergonomic keyboard. That thing saw about six years of use, so I'm... You know, it, it was kind of getting to the point that, like, it needed to be replaced because it was gross. You know how keyboards just get gross over time? So I have today the Keychron K6, which is a mechanical keyboard in front of me. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Put the mic down to it. Okay. Pretty good. Yep. So there's going to be a lot of muting from me today as I have things to the show notes, so you don't have to edit me oh, out. You, uh, you forget that I use strip silence. It won't be a problem. <laughs> just... Oh, well, then I'm going to go wild then. I still don't understand fully. So you just hang out on Zoom and you drink in front of other people on Zoom? No, it was like a collection of people getting together to talk about topics. It was like we would have had dinner. <laughs> no, we, but, okay, so this, this particular group of people, we would have been having dinner together, but we can't do that, right? Is it like so a town like, hall meeting? Of <laughs> let's call it. I mean, if that's going to help you so we can move on, then yes, it was a town hall meeting. I just need to, I just need to, I just need to visualize like what is the purpose of this um, call? I can't say right now. I'll tell you later. Wait. Okay. Wait, were you on chat roulette? <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> I wonder if that's happening. I mean, that's got to be happening, right? So you had a town hall on Zoom and you were drinking beer and you spilled beer, beer into all over a the keyboard. Place. Yeah. So now okay. that keyboard is dead, and I have a mechanical keyboard in front of me now, which makes more noise. And so what you- do you think is is your lesson there? Not to do these town halls on Zoom anymore, or not no, to drink just during don't Zoom disrupt calls? my very clearly internalized layout of my desk. Because by mm. moving the beer, I knocked it over immediately. So I just need to keep the beer on the coaster where the coaster lives. Don't move it, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what I've learned. The lessons don't be like Casey. That's a lesson for the ages. Yeah. I, mean, I learned that one a long time ago. It's completely <laughs> unrelated to to any, any water-based thing. Okay. So there you go. But still, why did fan fiction make you think of this? Oh, it didn't. It was, as oh, I, as okay. I said, fan fiction, I typed something and then was like, oh, no, you can hear that. Oh, okay. I just, I just I was still waiting for like the punchline, I they guess. They were completely just... unrelated okay. except to me. Cool, cool, In cool, my cool. life, they were related because I was, I was whilst talking, adding something to the show notes, which made noise. Uh, now you understand. Now you understand. Thank you. Mm. 
I appreciate okay. that you understand. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised that you do, but I'm also happy. I was thinking about some of our past titles of our show and thinking about which ones would make good fan fiction. I think 287 wins, Rub-A-Dub-Dub, my friend. Just saying. That'd probably be the place to start. Jeez, Stephen, that was not... That was... Wow. All right, cool. Yeah. So send... Uh, if you want, if you do write anything... Send it to Casey. Please send it by email to Stephen at Relay.fm. <laughs> That's with a PH. <laughs> 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 Poor Steve. He'll definitely circulate it to us. If you send it to me and Federico, it won't it will just get eaten up by our spam filters. You have to send it to Steven and then he can share it. You know what happened to me a few uh, like a like a few weeks ago? Um, I don't know. Well, so and and I'm trying to think I'm trying I'm trying very hard to think of a way to phrase this that doesn't make me sound like a jerk. However, this is going to be great. Whatever this is, it's going to be great. This is going to be Please terrible. Please carry on. Uh, so how can I say this? Um, so you clearly can't. So you may as well just say it. Just say it as it is. I get a lot of mentions on Twitter every day. Oh, look at me! Yes, <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> it happens. I have sixty thousand followers. Oh, people want to just talk to me all the time. <laughs> I cannot, you cannot have a conversation with these two. It's it's impossible. <laughs> um, so I get a lot of mentions every day, and I also. Ch- try as much as possible to like stay away from twitter and actually like uh write or work on my shortcuts so you want to stay away from the people that want to talk to you is what you're saying no i appreciate the people want to talk to me however i'm trying to limit my social networking time because i know that if i open twitter i'm gonna end up spending like three hours just browsing twitter and responding Mm -hmm. to people and while i do appreciate the fact that people get in touch with me i need to be selective yeah so usually like when like there's a lot of folks who use Twitter as tech support, even though I am not Apple's tech support. But just people ask you like technical things like, hey, can, do you know why my MacBook will no longer like work with this cable? And what do I know about your MacBook and the cables that you have? Mm-hmm. Right? Like ask Apple because that's where you're by your computer. Anyway, I guess that there are some people who are upset that um, in the past I may have not replied to them on Twitter. And so a few weeks ago, I saw like a, a person um, ask me something in Italian on Twitter. And another Italian interjected in that conversation and basically said something along the lines of, good luck getting an answer from him because he never replies to anybody. And that really annoyed me. So just out of spite, I, rep- I did reply to that person, including the second guy, even though normally I wouldn't have replied to that person. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not really sure what lesson you could have learned from this. There oh there's no lesson. I'm just a horrible person. So I guess what I want to know is what has that got to do with what we were just talking about? So it's just the same question. Yes, that because you said if you email uh Federico and me we're basically right. never going to see it mm-hmm. and and that made me think of what happens when people send me tweets. Mm. So like uh, but, me, I'm but assuming. I just want to say though, I just want to say that mm. I do go through my mentions every night. So just like at least once a day, as I sit down and I open my mentions. If I don't reply, it's because I know that if I reply, it's gonna become a whole thing, and I'd rather disappoint people at the beginning rather than during an ongoing conversation. Right. 
Okay. You know, because then I'm going to reply. And then I know, like, you get the sense that some tweets, if you engage, if you reply, you just know that it's going to become a whole thing. Because, like, people are like, oh, now that I have your attention, I actually have three more problems for you to solve. And so I would right. rather disappoint them once at the very beginning of this stage rather than after getting their hopes up. Mm. Does it make sense? I, I know that it makes me sound like a jerk. What I will say what is. is this is definitely a thing that I can understand your feeling. Okay. Thank you. I don't want to say one way or another what I do here. What I will say, for me in general, I much prefer tweets to emails. You know? Like if somebody wants to ask me a question or get like some advice on something, tweets are so much better than emails. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure, they are. So. DMs <laughs> could be, I don't know. I would like to just state this is long-term follow-up, right? So I opened my DMs many, many, many weeks ago. Yeah. As of right now, there hasn't really been any benefit to it. Mm. Like, you know, like you guys talk about like, oh, sometimes I get like a thing. Like, I have had nothing which has been particularly uh useful what has happened mostly is exactly That's, what i thought uh, would happen which is people send me dms for things that should be replies well, that's because you haven't you, you the, the people out there can feel that you haven't opened yourself up to the idea of receiving something potentially interesting it's like it's it's like something mm. like karma like as soon as you accept it you know it's gonna happen you hmm. have to embrace the idea. And when you do, you will start receiving interesting DMs. There's actually now, I'm looking at my DMs now, there's more interesting stuff in the additional messages area, which I think is what they filter out and don't show you. That's what hmm. we've been talking about all along. No, 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 no. So you've got messages, message requests, and at the very bottom, show additional messages, including those that may contain offensive content. I haven't found any offensive... Oh, you do prefer the ones with offensive content. There's no offensive content in any of them, but they're more interesting. <laughs> Why are they filtered out? Oh, no, here's an offensive one. That's fine. I was wrong. That's definitely... Oh, they're, oh, they're in <laughs> no. here. Yeah, they're oh, no. in here. And close the tab. Goodbye. Let's move on with the show. I'm here to save you. Last week, I spoke about the current gate of iPhones that's sweeping the nation. I'm very happy to tell you that our numbers have swelled. I'm up to five people reporting that sometimes their iPhone screens look a little green. Mm. Why yeah. is nobody talking about this? Why is no I one talking about nobody's this? nobody's talking about this. I can't believe it. Yeah. Five people. Uh, con congrats. It's a, it's a movement, man. Sweeping the nation. <laughs> okay. Cool. Very exciting. Thank yep. you. Good luck. Yeah. Good Good luck with your uh, class action lawsuit. Yeah. Well, it's uh, you know, it's like a small group action now, not a full class. Mm. Uh, sure. Yeah. Like a lunch sure. table action suit. <laughs> like a Zoom call lawsuit. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, my beer. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be. We gotta be careful with those boys. Yeah. They can they can turn nasty real fast. All right, Mike, tell us about your new watch band. I bought the Nike Pride watch band because I thought it looked super cool. Um, I also have it. It's not just Mike's new watch band. I also have it right now. Uh, when did you get yours? You got it before, so it's technically Mike's. There you go. I got it yesterday. Yeah. Um, and as of recording, like right now is the first time I've been able to set the uh, the rainbow watch faces. 
They have some pride faces and some rainbow colors being added to existing faces, like the California dial and stuff. Um, they've there's two there's two pride bands. They're both sport bands this year, like the the rubber ones. What are the, what does Apple call them? Like poly something 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 um, polymer. I don't know. They got to, they give it a different name. They don't call it rubber, do they? Right, the sport bands. I don't remember now. But um, floor elastomer. There you go, fluorelastomer. That's it, fluorelastomer. Get a little bit lost in the middle. I there. was about to say polyamorous, but that's a different thing. That's a different <laughs> thing. It's not <laughs> at know. all related. Um, but uh... <laughs> oh man, you've lost me now. <laughs> Oi. Um, but they added. Oh jeez, there's two. There's two bands. One is uh, one is like a, a the like the typical pride flag, right? Like the rainbow pride flag in stripes. And the other one is a white Nike sport band with the pride flag colors inside the holes that are in the band. Now, I really like this one because I have the white ceramic edition watch. And I've always worn my Apple Watch with just the white band that it came with because I think that pairing was really nice. But this was like another one was like, oh, that's a good pairing, right? Like that still white, which I like, and it adds some color. And I'm currently setting up the uh california watch face which is the one that i use with the rainbow um like the rainbow option so for the hands or one of the rainbow color so i think it looks really cool i am uh i I like that they continue to do this but i like that what apple does is they make a new one every year or whatever like i think that's a nice way to do it rather than just doing the same thing Um, i've had some trouble trying to get watch os and ios to understand that they have this watch face capability there seems to have been like some weirdness like watch os came out first and it had some of the options and not all of them it's very peculiar but uh, i guess it will work eventually so the one the what the pride watch face that i'm playing around with now it this one is from last year right that you can spin the the digital crown and there's like these colored threads that like jump around as you spin the crown this is from last year yeah yeah there's a there was a few different has anybody ones. talked about how awesome this watch face is probably last year yeah mm, you sure can i have a brief segment i'm still spinning the crown by the way That's um, good. can we have a, a brief can i have a brief just just a quick comment on and again i don't know why i keep choosing these topics that make me sound like a jerk today but how bad the situation is for those who have multiple Apple Watches when it comes to <laughs> updating them. <laughs> I'm so oh, sorry. Man. I left my true. violin in the studio, yeah. otherwise I would play it for you right now. Uh, <laughs> so uh, as as somebody who literally has a day watch and a night watch, I'm here to tell you that updating them is a nightmare. Uh, updating all Apple Watches is bad. Up- so updating all Apple Watches is bad. It's gotten better uh, through the years if you have like a single Apple Watch because you have the notifications and you can start the update on the watch itself and there's like multiple reminders like it's it used to be very 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 bad now it's just very bad um, so there's been some progress there but if you have multiple Apple Watches it's just so annoying that it's one of those things that I keep pushing uh, like I, I just keep ignoring until it's become impossible for me to to keep ignoring it. Basically, what so- I don't like about the the Apple Watch updating thing is that 
if something happens and you knock the watch off the charger, you will break the Apple Watch, right? Like that's so scary to me as yep. like an, a, an update thing that I get. Re- I, I kind of put it off for that reason because I have my watch in a uh, like in a charger that puts it on its side, and sometimes I don't know why, like the connection will break between yep. them, like it it stops charging, and so when I'm updating it, I'm like terrified that it's going to fall off the charger mm-hmm. because then. I will need to take my Apple Watch to an Apple store, and that's not a thing I can actually do right now. You know now. what the trick is with that? Because I have the same problem. It's to basically tighten the band around the stand. So it's like hmm. stuck to it. Hmm. I'll try that. That's that's a good tip. I'll try that. Yeah. Still, anyway, if you have multiple Apple Watches, um, well, two of them, I guess, is the... Is two of them the limit? I don't know. Uh, so anyway, there's this option in, in settings on in the watch app for the iPhone that is called automatic pairing. And the idea would be that when you take one of the first watch off your wrist and you put on the other, um, the iPhone automatically switches between them. The problem there is that if you leave an automatic pairing on, and by all intents and purposes, you do want to leave it on, if you start the software update right, for watch A, and you reach the point where it tells you this needs to be on the charger, you put it on the charger, and at that point, I assume you're going to be taking watch B and put it on your wrist, because if you're a multi-watch person, you always want to have a watch on, on you. But when you put the second watch on your wrist, automatic pairing kicks in and says, oh, well, oopsie, now this iPhone is paired with the second watch, I guess we can all forget about the software update for the other watch. And so what happens there is that every time I have to update the watch, I need to disable automatic pairing, complete the software update process for the watch without wearing the second watch, wait for the whole thing to finish, which can take hours. Like, I don't know why, but updating the Apple Watch software, like, it, you know, might as well go back to Viterbo and see my mom and come back home and it's still going. <laughs> <laughs> and then when it's done, I need to unlock the watch re-enable automatic pairing and put on the second watch, go check for updates and do the whole thing again. Disable Mm. automatic pairing and stuff. So basically I need to book a full afternoon just to do the software update on the watch. And it's like, I mean, unless there's a major new feature, I'm just going to leave it on the old version. Yeah, I mean, I guess at this point, because the the new watch faces, they look kind of nice. I am going to be doing it. But I, you know, I, I'll have to put in a task in, in my task manager and everything because it's going to be a whole thing. Mm. So uh, basically what I'm asking is for watchOS team, try and think of, you know, that many, many of us who have multiple Apple Watches and try and make the installation, the software update process a bit easier. I don't understand why the Apple Watch has to be on the charger to be updated. I know, right? Why? No, I don't, no other device that I own needs that. I don't know. Right? I like, know. I understand that devices need, like, a certain battery limit, you know? So, like, it's got to be 50% or whatever. Right. But but the Apple Watch is the only device that I have that requires itself to be currently charging while updating. And I just find that to be very peculiar. So, uh, the la- the latest version is 6.2.5. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, cool. I will be scheduling a software update session for some time this weekend. Hopefully. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Good luck, sir. 
Thank you. Thank Maybe you, it, while you're doing that, you could reply to tweets. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I have to. Seems like you could put them both in, schedule them, you know, it's like update and tweet time. I used to have... A, I, so if you get a reply from Federico over the weekend, you know he's updating Zapper Watch. I used to have a recurring task in Reminders years ago that said reply to tweets. That's a and terrible task. I know, I know. It just it made me so But stressed. you like to be, you know, connected with the people, I suppose. I do like, and I like, again, this makes me sound worse than I actually am as a person, mm-hmm. I think. But I do, I do love the fact that I have people. I know it would be a problem if I, if I had nobody, you know, interested in talking to me. So I'm yeah. not complaining. It's just that uh, also it is true that the volume of all those tweets sometimes gets out of hand. That's all I'm saying. Mm. And also people follow me because I write. If I, if I, you know, spend my whole day replying to emails and, and writing tweets. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be writing anymore. Therefore, yeah. I'm actually doing them a favor. Mm-hmm. You keep you justifying it. it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Is there any more or are we good now? No, I'm done. Okay, I'm we'll done. see. Maybe you'll come up with another one. Sure. As the episode goes on. Let's take a break. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. Today's internet users expect a fast web experience. That's why it's called the information superhighway. I'm going to go fast. No matter how good your content is or how effective your marketing may be, people are just going to bounce. They're going to leave if your website is loading too slowly. With real user monitoring from Pingdom, you can discover how website performance issues are affecting your visitors' experiences. So you can take action before your business is impacted. How your visitors experience your website differs depending on the browser, device, and platform they're using. So you want to identify how visitors are visiting your website so you can make informed optimizations and deliver great performance to those who matter most. Real user monitoring is an event-based solution, so it's built to scale, meaning you can monitor millions of page views without compromising the fidelity of your historical data or breaking the bank in the process. Get live visitor insights today with real user monitoring from Pingdom. Go to pingdom.com RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And when you sign up, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for the support of this show and Relay FM. Before we go on, I have a, like a nosebleed. Uh, can you give me like five minutes? Yeah, you should go handle that. It's, it's not f- bad. I'm just going to get a tissue. It's the first time that's ever <laughs> happened that I've been on recording with somebody it's and a nose like bleeding. It's not like bad. I'm just going to get a tissue. So go deal with it. Okay. I don't know why you're yes, still here. Don't I'll be back. Don't worry about it. I want to talk don't about OpenDoc. Don't start without your... me. Yes, don't bleed all over your keyboard. Jeez, go like, take what care is wrong of it. if you just leave? Like, you just going to stay around to make it, jokes? It just kept talking. There's a hierarchy. Nosebleed comes before jokes. We yeah. all know that. that Nose phrase. before jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I like that. Nose before jokes. Um, yeah. So the the chat room is going wild. Which chat room are you in the Discord? I mean, the. Well. The yes. Discord is where it's at. They're all going wild in here. Um, um, I am. In all places and nowhere at the same time. Ooh, yeah, especially on Twitter, right? <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm, I'm Schrodingering myself. I exist and I do not exist at the same time. Oh, that's this is fun. I just opened up Twitter because they're doing that. People, <clears throat> they got that new thing, right? And Sarah DG just tweeted, "Welcome to the exclusive club to the 858 people I follow." 
So that's kind of funny, right? Like you can just make tweets and they're just like little ah. clubs amongst the, only the people that you've deemed to be able to respond to you. I also see this tweet because she follows yeah. Well, me. no, everyone can see it, but only people that uh, she follows oh, can yeah. reply to it, right? I don't right. have that feature yet, but I think that is a really good feature. You should just do all of your tweets that way and then no one will reply to you. So now, So now I can tweet things... You can tweet things and only, and you can set it. Well, if you are in the, the beta rollout that they're doing. Uh, <clears throat> I'm here. You doing okay over there? Yeah, it's not bad. I wonder, what, wonder what's caused it. I don't know. My allergies have been bothering me this week. I don't know if it's like. Does it does that a thing? I don't know. Like, nose is scratchy. So you can now choose between everyone can reply, people you follow, or only people that you mention in a tweet. If you're in part of this beta that they tested, they're doing. Oh, I don't yeah. think I am. Where would the control be for that? It's just in the tweet compose window. Yeah, I, I don't have it. Yeah, I don't have it either. But I think that's a really cool feature. Like, really I will cool finally feature. be able to to tweet all of my controversial opinions again, and just lock them down. You know, hmm. it'd be great. But will third party clients see them? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know what happens with those. If it's at the API level, maybe it could just block them. I don't know. Maybe they could just block them. Mm. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry, guys. This is very weird. Hey, don't apologize. Your nose is bleeding. My body's falling apart. Yeah. Ugh. My nose is bleeding. Right. Was that a block right. party song, Mike? Mm. Was that a Which? block party song? And your nose is bleeding. Dun, 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 dun. And your nose is Luno from Block Party, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's Luno. So Tweetbot can see those tweets, right? So like it doesn't hide the tweets of people that are using the feature, but mm-hmm. I don't know if... Like you're blocked from works. replying to them, maybe? I don't know. I don't want to <clears> test <throat> it, you know? Like I can see a tweet that I could reply to, but I think it would be kind of weird if I just then started replying to the tweet. So, we'll find out. All right. All right. We'll see if this holds together. I think it's all right. Do you mean you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's see if this thing can hold together. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, there's a lot of people listening live. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they just like, the list is long. Oh, yeah. In the Discord. <clears throat> all right, Federico, do you want to start this one? All right, so yesterday, uh, Microsoft had uh, some kind of event. What's it called? Microsoft Build, the annual, the annual like the, the, the developer WWDC. Consoles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by Microsoft. And one of the many announcements, so they announced like the new Windows Terminal, like a bunch of things. But I want to talk about this um, fluid office. Um, fluid framework and specifically applied in this case we got a demo of the fluid framework from Microsoft in the Office apps and Outlook. So I saw this story on The Verge and I read the article on The Verge and like my first reaction was oh this is cool and I saved the article for yesterday I wanted to read it today before the show and I did and the, as soon as I started reading the story as soon as uh, basically the moment I started reading like the first paragraph a single word started sort of like i started visualizing this word in front of my eyes and the word is open doc now i was not around to remember you know i'm not old enough to know what open doc was when it came out but steven i believe 
if he wasn't. Mm. I mean, were, did you actually ever use OpenDoc, Stephen? I knew I know what it is. In fact, when you said this reminds me of OpenDoc, it was like a light came down from heaven mm-hmm. and illuminated just me. It's like I'm the perfect person to talk about this. Yeah. I was not using the Mac in the OpenDoc days, but I do know quite a bit about it. And so I went into my Devon Thing database and searched OpenDoc. And I've put some notes together for y'all I'd like to share. Of, of course you had it in there. Of course I did. There's actually an OpenDoc uh, group now because I was like, oh, this should be together. So it's a lot of a lot of OpenDoc stuff to talk about. So you're totally right that this this idea that they were showing off is reminiscent of OpenDoc. So maybe, do you want to talk a little bit about what they showed sure. off and then I can explain OpenDoc and then we can compare them? Sure. So what they showed off, and I'm going to simplify here because the, that article, you know, they have some quotes from Microsoft and if you actually go watch some of the promo videos from Microsoft, they are, I don't want to say like concept videos because the feature is working and we do get some footage out of the Fluid framework in practice. But the way that it's presented and the way that it's shown off in most of the promo videos, it's very marketing heavy and and not so much focused on the practicality of it. But from what I've seen, the idea is the following. So with, with the Fluid framework, Office apps will start taking advantage of Microsoft. The Verge is referring to them as Lego blocks, um, basically, but they're also officially called fluid elements. Think about the functionality of each Office app as an as a as an individual standalone element. So the word processor is made of a text field. And in um, Excel you have uh, a table or maybe you have a chart or maybe in Word you have a picture to go alongside your text. And maybe in Pow- and of course in PowerPoint you have slides. Now all of these elements, rather than being features of a specific application, they can become embeddable objects. And the idea would be that with the Fluid framework, rather than being limited to using like these apps as silos to get your work done, you can have something, uh, you can end up in a scenario where in your email client, in this case Outlook, you may have a table, a spreadsheet, that you can edit right there inside the email client. So each element becomes its own module that can be embedded regardless of the application that you're using. So Outlook could embed a live version of a spreadsheet and maybe a spreadsheet could embed a need like a live version of your task manager list or Word could have uh, a table and a presentation inside of it. And Microsoft is presenting this, again, this idea of fluidity between applications, the ability to embed these elements in different apps from Microsoft and maybe third-party developers, because this is an, an open source framework that developers can use. And with all of this, with collaboration on top of it. So it's going to be based on the Office 365 um, cloud mm, collaboration um, system. And so it's not just that you can embed these elements within different apps. You can also collaborate in real time with other people on those elements. So 
the idea would be rather than thinking of, oh, okay, I'm doing my email, therefore I'm using Outlook, or I'm writing an essay, therefore I'm using Word, everything becomes so much more fluid in the sense of everything can do can be in you know can be anywhere at the same time. And in theory, it's a beautiful idea, right? It's it's the idea of stop thinking of your computer as a series of applications and start thinking of your work, right, as a concept that follows you around all the time. You're not limited by clicking a specific icon and opening a specific app anymore. All kinds of work, whether it's a table or an image or some text or a, or a project from your task manager, everything can live together all the time. And it's not just you, you can also invite other people in this, you cannot even call them documents anymore. They're just content or they're just work. I don't understand this. I cannot get my head around this. Like, I'm I'm really struggling. The idea or the technicality of it? I just don't understand, like, so what is Word then? Okay, see, okay, so we're getting to the, to the point of this. So the idea would be that Word is, well, that, first of all, that is also my question, but for all the criticism that I have of of this idea. But Word is a place where uh, you can start writing your your Word documents, but where maybe you also want to embed a task list from Microsoft To Do, or where maybe you want to embed a conversation from Outlook. I guess when you think about it, you start losing the identity of all these applications, right? Because Everything can just be anything, right? It's like Word can also be Excel, and Excel can also be. So, do you think that they're like they're just moving to Office, and that's it, right? I think that's the goal, right? Which right. would also be, which would also explain why they launched the unified Office app for mobile devices, right? right. You don't like you still have the legacy, well, not legacy because they're still updated, but you still have the standalone apps for Word and PowerPoint and, and Excel, but you also have the main office app. So the idea would be stop thinking of individual applications and start thinking of like the big picture of like this more cohesive whole that is your 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 work. And the idea again is you can take these elements anywhere you want, and then you can collaborate with other people and you can have integration with Microsoft Teams on top of it as well. Which again, I think it's a, conceptually speaking, I do see the beauty of it, right? What if you were not constrained by application A, application B, application C, and so forth? What if your work was this abstract concept that doesn't require a specific app anymore. It's just content, and content follows you around. Like, it's a beautiful idea, for sure. However, as Stephen is going to explain, it's the kind of idea that has been done before (laughs) by multiple companies, including Microsoft itself. A similar idea used to be called the uh, OLE framework, the Object Linking and Embedding Framework in the 90s. And of course, as Stephen mentioned, OpenDoc, uh, created by Apple uh, in the 90s also. So, uh, Stephen, what was OpenDoc? It is an amazing coincidence. The things that you just talked about, Apple and others tried to basically do in the 90s. And so they were kind of two big questions. The first one you just stated, 
why should applications be locked to specific types of work? Why should data be locked in certain file formats? Why can't you have a sales chart that updates automatically in the document that you're working on, right? So there's that side of the coin. There's the work side of the coin. Then there was a side of the coin of sort of the the push for object-oriented programming and object-oriented work. And that was something that Next and some others had been doing. Apple kind of wandered in the desert a bit with this, but really struggled. And actually, like, third parties came to rise to prominence in in Mac development tools. And so OpenDoc was kind of a way for customers, for users, to be able to do this new type of work and for Apple to say, this is how we're going to develop things now and try to regain some of that control. It was made in conjunction with Apple and IBM. Microsoft had been working on similar ideas in the, in the same time frame. This isn't new for Microsoft either. And Apple, you know, think about the 90s, had a very tiny market share, and they didn't want to be locked out of a more interchangeable future, right? Like, there there were already huge compatibility issues between Microsoft and Apple software, and they wanted to do what they could to stay relevant in there. So OpenDoc is introduced in 93 and is up shipping in 95. And it basically never got off the ground in any huge ways. So it had the the ideas that you talked about where you could have – they called them – canvas was like a big word in OpenDoc. You could have a, an app was like a canvas, yeah. and then you could put in the parts from these different applications. You can kind of think – like the closest thing we have to this today is kind of like shortcuts, where shortcuts the app – is a place where you can build things with intents and things uh, supplied by different apps on your devices. Kind of the same idea. So mm. your word processor, your spreadsheet, your contact manager, your calendar would all have little bits of code that would could interface with each other on a canvas and you could kind of make your own thing. So it was like part document creation, part programming. Like I said, it didn't really... Go anywhere. Apple really got distracted with things like Copeland, uh, which was their one of a couple attempts at, at building a, a next gen OS that failed. And they end up buying Next and launching OS ten years later. Code Warrior came to basically dominate the IDE space on the Mac. So OpenDoc just wasn't supported by the community. Really wasn't supported by Apple. And then there were the issues of these parts. Like the idea was, it was to be so open that. Say that I create a document and I, I send it to you, Federico, and you were missing one of the parts. Like I had made something in application A and you didn't have application A, where like the open doc format was designed to work around that, but in practice, developers didn't really do the work to make that happen. So mm -hmm. you couldn't really guarantee that it was even interoperable because if I sent you something and I created part of this doc in Excel, you didn't have Excel, it just wouldn't show up in your copy. Or it yep. would be like broken somehow. Like that's very counterintuitive to what they were trying to do. It really kind of uh, the idea. Clearly, the idea has merit because it keeps coming back. But this this particular swing at it just um, didn't didn't really work. I guess the way that Microsoft is probably trying to get around the problems of something like OpenDoc is like, no, this is our thing, right? Right, like they don't have to worry about getting other people to jump on board with right. it. It's like, no, these are the Microsoft products, and all the Microsoft products 
can be interoperable. I am still like struggling to get my head around the conceptual nature of this. Yeah, no, it's it's weird. It's 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 really weird. And you know, you're you're right. Apple in a way, OpenDoc in a way, was way more ambitious than what Microsoft was talking about because there were those within Apple who really wanted OpenDoc to be the future of the Mac, right? Like you didn't have these giant programs. You could go out and get these little tiny bitty itty bitty programs and like build them together and and have just what you needed. It is never it never panned out. Like your partner is IBM, they're working on OS two, which went down in flames. It never really got uh, the momentum it needed. And even if it had, I'm not sure it was the right implementation of the idea. No, I, I think one of the reasons for this type of thing, never being able to work cross platform is you take away a company's ability to brand itself. Right. Like if you say like, Oh, Hey developer, like you're just now a plugin. Mm-hmm. Like companies like to be able to brand themselves, right? Like this is who we are. This is how we design. This is the experience we want our customers to have. Like I think this is always like a problem with this type of stuff, even with things like Siri, mm-hmm. right? Like, or, or even something like shortcuts, right? I think like a lot of companies would be like, no, we want people in our app. We believe yep. it's good, right? Like, because we made it, like whether that is or not is up for your own interpretation. Right. But like, Companies are made up of people who want to make the thing that they want to make. Like they don't want to be just a little piece of technology that goes into something that somebody else makes. So I think the only way to do something like this in the modern day is to own and operate a stack of technology, which is broad. And obviously Microsoft have been doing that, right? Like they have everything now, you know, and they have word processors, spreadsheets, PowerPoint, is obviously a thing. I was going to say PowerPoints. Now they own PowerPoint is the thing. Slides, I guess. But they have te- their team chat thing. They have to-do managers. They even have a new one, uh, like another new one that they showed off a couple of days ago. So I guess that they feel that they can do it. But it's still like, I think the thing that I'm just struggling to get my head around is like, not saying like, this is just one thing that we have now. We just have this one product by saying like, you can put an Excel spreadsheet in Word. It's like... But why would I want to? (laughs) Why? Yeah, like, why are they different things then? You know, like, in my mind, like, when I first saw this, I thought, oh, they've built a new online collaboration tool called Fluid, and it has all of this functionality, but that's not what they've built, right? At least that's not what they're showing off. Like, what they have is, or what they're saying they're going to have is, like you can just use this functionality inside of it. It's very confusing to me. Like, is there like a fluid.microsoft.com where you can go and just start doing whatever you want, like a Dropbox paper? No, I don't think there is. And there are... Like, I don't think that's the product that they're building. And they're actually very light on details and actual demos right now. They're, it feels to me like they're trying to sell people on the idea and the concept still. Yeah, there's a way to get... To, to go and try it, but you have to have a very specific type of Microsoft account. I was trying to log in here and it wouldn't let me. So I, I have a few pro- personal problems with, with this sort of idea. And I guess I could boil them t- down to three separate types of issues. Um, my, main, my main problem, technically speaking, with this idea of you can embed uh, anything you want anywhere you want is that you don't have a tailored experience 
for anything anymore if you were to do that. Uh, you, you end up in a situation where you can have a table in Word and you can have a task manager inside your email client and you can have your email client inside of your presentation app. And I, I'm very much a believer in the idea that like I, I like to use dedicated apps, right? I like to use native apps and each app does something specific to that. This idea of, yeah, let's just have a, you know, let's just put everything together and make everything, you know, base everything off of plugins and you can have all kinds of experiences everywhere. It just doesn't make for a well-designed core experience, in my opinion. Because then, Can I provide some real-time follow-up? Sure. The Fluid Preview that you can sign up for if you have one of these specific type of Microsoft things, it looks just like a, a Dropbox paper document. So it's just like a blank thing and then you compress a button and you get like, oh, what do you want? What type of content do you want to add? And it's like table, date, checklist, bullet list, number nine. Like it's like a whole thing. Then there is this, that's their preview website. But all of the stuff from the, the Big Verge article just talks about integrating the functionality inside of other applications. Like this is why I'm getting so confused because I can't work out what they're actually trying to show me. And in the Verge article, they're talking about like uh, how it's going to be so easy for developers to just adopt the Fluent fr framework by like replacing a static string in their app, and it's gonna and it provides like uh, like it's gonna be instant uh, collaborate like a, a web-based and I'm quoting a web-based framework that you can use to instantly make your apps collaborative. And first of all. Like, nothing is instant, right? Nothing is just, oh, it's just a single line of code and you're going to make your app collaborative. Like, that does not exist. Like, it's that that idea of, oh, just put in a single line and suddenly you have a collaborative app? No, C coding does not work like that. It, it just doesn't. It, it's not true. And that also uh, kind of makes it sound like Microsoft want to own co like web collaboration. Like, right. th that now they're just like, oh, don't worry about building it. Just drop in Word in the middle. I am very skeptical, personally. It's just my nature. I'm very skeptical of anything that is heavily reliant on plugins because plugins are a good way to start poking holes in your system and add failure points to whatever you have, mm -hmm. whether it's a WordPress installation, whether it's a, it's, it's a cast, like, a, like an app that you've made and you want to let others extend with plugins. Like plugins, by their own nature, they add complication, they add complexity, and they add failure points. And everything that is so heavily based on plugins, every time I see them, I'm like, mm -mm, I, I don't trust that. You know, yeah. just, just what I am. Finally, I want to mention how, at a very basic level, this idea, it sounded progressive in the 90s with OpenDoc, and it sounds progressive now. It sounds kind of, honestly, like, if you just look at the, if you just take the concept of it for what it is, it sounds kind of awesome. Your work is always available to you, no matter the app that you're using. And, like, so moving away from this concept of individual uh, applications as silos, I think, I think it's kind of neat, conceptually speaking. But in practice, I just don't think it's it's the way that humans like to think and operate computers. I believe that at a fundamental level, people think in compartments, people think with boxes, right? 
And I think it's only natural for a person to say, okay, I need to write an email, therefore I open my email client. And I need to uh, write something for school, therefore I open Pages or Word. I think it's only natural because it's what we do when you think about it, when you take a look at the bigger picture. It's what we do as humans. We compartmentalize tasks and things to do and just the way that we do anything, uh, we, we categorize things like... I put it in the document, but like, look at your home right now. You have rooms, you have a kitchen, you have a living room, you have a, maybe a garage where you keep your tools and your workbench. And you, wanna, you wouldn't want to be in a situation where, you know, your partner comes back home and finds you cooking pancakes in your closet. And you're like, <laughs> what are you doing in there? It's like, I could yeah, do it anywhere. <laughs> I could do it anywhere because what is a kitchen anymore, right? And it ju- I just don't think it's a good idea. I just don't think it's what... I mean, you could do it, right? You could sure put a stove in your closet and you could you do pancakes in there. You can get one of those little like, conduction heater things. You you, know, you can... For sure, you could do it. Or you could maybe go sleep in the garage. Or yeah. you could... You could do all kinds of things. I just don't think it would be optimal. And honestly, I just don't think you would like it. And I think all these concepts, this fluid framework and open doc, and sometimes we see also these concept videos for this like this smart operating systems when where you have no apps, all you have is projects and your work follows you around. You know what? They look kind of pretty. I just don't think you would like it. I, would I just hate don't it. think I would every time I see a concept like that where it's like, oh, I've rebuilt the operating system. It's like, no, I I like having things in places. Like I will say, right? Like if they built a tool, yes, I like having things in places. That's exactly what it is. Yes, <laughs> right. Like I, if they built a web tool that could incorporate all of this functionality into one place, so you have one collaborative place where you can make like all, you can pull in all this functionality from different office stuff. I think that's great. What I don't like is this idea of like, you're in Word, and now you can also put a PowerPoint in the middle of it. It's like, that's not what I want, right? Like, because then the, the, like the fluid thing is like, well, that becomes its own thing in its own place, right? You have this place where you go, and in that place, in the collaborative environment that you've built, you can do whatever you want, but you keep specific types of work in that place, right? Like that's where that stuff goes. It's like I don't write in Google Docs. Google Docs is where my collaborative documents go for sharing stuff for shows. If I want to write something, I will use something like Notes or Bear or IA Writer, right? Because, like, functionally, they are the same thing. But they're silos for where specific types of work goes. So even if you have this web tool called Fluid, which lets you seamlessly switch between different types of functionality and different types of documents, that's great. But that's its own thing. Not that now I can put a to-do list in my email, which seems like hell. Like, I I don't want to put to-do lists everywhere, right? Like, I don't need to do that. I have my to-do manager where they go. So it's like an interesting idea. And I think people get excited about this idea of like, oh, they're going to kill Google Docs. And it's like, yeah, but I actually don't think that's what they want to do. Like, they want to make Office absolutely like dependent from like uh, like other people completely dependent on office right like that they want developers to integrate this functionality into their applications so everyone needs to have office 365 yeah i mean it, it 
Yeah, that's their play here, right? It's it's yeah, which is totally fine if that's what they want to do. I'm just not sure that I want. Yeah, that. but you're not a big company with people making reports all the time. We are the target market for really good collaboration tools, right? Like building like a really good online collaboration tool. Like we're totally that, but when also not. The people using Microsoft Teams and integrating our shared list in Microsoft Teams, like that's a different customer. I think something you said about you know people want these categories, they want these boxes to go into. That's what we've been trained to do, not only on the desktop, but since the very beginning in mobile. Right? It's why I struggle with apps like Drafts or other things. Like you start one place and you send things elsewhere. It's like I'm just going to open the Mail app, right? And it's not that those apps don't have a place, but for me. I tend to work in that older way of like, you know, I'm going to open the app, then I'm going to start stuff in, and that's where I'm going to go. Yeah, like, I think it would be fair to say that iOS and Android are even more like this than oh, yeah. Mac and Windows, right? Because the operating systems have been built that way. They've been built app first. Programs were different, right? Like, because, you know, like, you can have multiple versions of the same application running at once, multiple windows all over the place. And like, that's only in its mere infancy in on the iPad, right? Like, and, and probably not implemented that well, as we mm-hmm. would mention, right? Like, they could be better and different and we should have like these locked spaces and that kind of idea. But that the apps are way more siloed on mobile platforms than they are on traditional platforms. Yeah, and I, and I guess like, really... You could make the argument that as a species, we are programmed to uh, think with boxes and categories. It's just like, it's the easiest way to approach life, to to categorize different things and different, like people in groups and, and, and responsibilities in groups and like everything goes into a group, into a box in our brain. And like without those boxes... I think we would just fall prey to anxiety all the time, which is exactly how I feel whenever I use something like Notion, because I can do anything I want. I, I just don't know where to start. I, I don't know where the boundaries are. I cannot see the boxes that I'm used to. And so while this freedom is is beautiful, conceptually speaking, and it's quite the paradox, I guess, that it makes me feel less free because I just don't know where to start. So that's how I've always felt about these tools and these concepts where, oh, it doesn't matter. Anything is anything. It it doesn't matter. And I'm like, no, give me some ground rules because that's how I like to operate as a person and as a computer user. Like the absence of rules just leads to madness. And this is like these concepts and this fluid stuff. I look at it and I'm like, man, I could never work like this. It would just be so confusing. I wouldn't know what to start. And we just like a confusing m- mess of things all over the place. No, no, no. That's no way to use a computer for me. So I don't know. Maybe I'm getting old. I don't think I'm getting old because this idea was tried before. I think I'm right. I don't think I'm old. I think I'm right. So modularity can be a beautiful thing, but also a definitely like, a, you know, this is the the part of it that I don't necessarily appreciate. We'll see how it goes for Microsoft. You know, Open Dot got killed when uh, you know who came back to Apple. So we'll see how it goes. Mm. Mm. Let's take our second break. How about that? Go for it. That sound good? I want to talk about my socks because this episode of Connected is brought to you by Bombas, the folks who make the most insanely comfortable socks. They've rethought every detail of the socks that we wear so they're much more comfortable. I've replaced my entire sock drawer with Bombas socks because they are 
awesome. They look good. I've got the low-cut ones, so they, they look good in the summer. They're super comfortable. They really support my arches, which I appreciate. I, I, they're the best socks I've ever had. But they do more than just help keep my feet cozy. They help give back to the most vulnerable members of our community. Because for every pair of socks you purchase, Bobbis donates a pair to someone in need. And thanks to the generosity of their customers, get this, Bombas has donated over 34 million pairs of socks and counting. It's a lot of socks. They have this nationwide network of more than 3,000 giving partners to help get these to the people in need. I absolutely love it. So give a pair when you buy a pair, and you'll get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash connected. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash connected for 20% off your first purchase. Go there now, get yourself some insanely comfortable socks, and give a pair to someone in need at bombas.com slash connected. Our thanks to Bombas for the support of the show and Relay FM. All right, so next up in our ongoing series of anticipating WWDC, we are four weeks away now, right? Four weeks, two days, something like that, or a month yeah, and two days away? 32 days. Excellent. We're going to turn to watchOS today. We're going to talk about watchOS. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to... I don't think we're going to go to every platform like this, but watchOS is kind of different because it is a smaller platform. So rather than like breaking it up into little chunks and talking about things that might be across iOS, macOS, we're just going to talk about watchOS 7. Uh, one of the reasons that we're going to do this today is because underscore David Smith uh, published a blog post which did a lot of the work for us because nobody i think i don't think anybody knows watch os like david does um you know underscores made many many watch apps and really like knows the platform the article itself has a lot more in it than we're going to talk about today um because there's a lot of developer focused things that if you're a watch os developer would be more important to you. I think we're just going to focus on the customer-focused things. So I'll go through these uh, one by one, and we can stop wherever you guys want to want to talk about them. So the first is sleep tracking. So this is something that a lot of people have wanted. It seems like it's kind of been waiting for one of two things for Apple, either to have the software just right or to have the hardware just right to be able to take the battery hit that this will inevitably give to watches, right? If they're going to be on all night. This is why one of the reasons I believe, Federico, that you have two watches, right? Is because sleep tracking requires that for you. Yeah, that's why. Because you've got to charge the watch or swap the watch, right? If you mm -hmm. want to do sleep tracking, because you're going to have it on 24 hours a day rather than like 14 or something. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I really liked that Underscore mentioned is that Adding in sleep tracking could add in the concept of uh, maybe a fourth ring to the activity rings called recovery. And this could tie in with a few different things. It could tie in with workouts, right? And the fact that your body needs to recover after workouts. It could tie in with stress measurements that it's doing to basically say, like, how recovered are you? And could maybe help with workout planning. And I thought that this was a really nice and interesting idea of rather than just adding the sleep tracking functionality to the watch it would also integrate more deeply into the idea of what watch os does right because you would be able to make better decisions for how you would work out based on how recovered you are and sleep would definitely be a big factor of that if you hadn't slept enough you can't work out as well maybe yeah i agree i just i'm just trying to think of like what other factors could could tie into this recovery idea 
maybe this could be like a th- there could be like third party apps could generate the information you know i i don't know what like so like you could use a maybe a workout app that knows that you had a particularly hard workout yesterday or an easy workout yesterday and that will allow for a different recovery level that kind of thing which is interesting mm-hmm. yeah maybe this also actually then adds into another point that david made about custom rings so what if you could track specific things like Maybe you don't care so much about standing, but you do care about your step count or your water intake throughout a day. And you could maybe have activity rings that track the things that you want rather than the three that Apple will have defined. It'd be spectacular. I think that's a, a great idea. I'd love to have something like mindful minutes in there. And, and you could maybe, mm. I mean, they could do it where you have different activity ring sets, right? So days that um, a recovery day, I've got things like water and sleep and mindful minutes. And then days when I'm working out, maybe I do want activity and exercise and stand. I think that could be a really nice way to, to broaden what the watch tracks. You can already track a lot of that stuff now through third-party apps. They seem to open it up. Yeah, it is interesting that so much of the Apple Watch's identity is based around the activity rings, but those three rings have never changed. Yeah, I think they need to be careful with this if they do it, because I don't think they should move away from the fact that you can buy an Apple Watch and it's got the three rings and they're on by default and it's all you need to care about. I think it would be a neat addition for power users to say now you can customize your rings and you can have like custom rings and you can customize all the metrics there. But I think for most people, they just want to buy an Apple Watch, have the three rings and they want to follow Apple's recommendations for increasing the the goals or decreasing the goals of each ring. Well, the activity ring in this case uh, is the only, you know, that can be taken up or down. Uh, Yeah, I feel like you wouldn't want to change the default right like it ships with the three but in the activity app maybe you could customize it right but like that yeah it those those three were picked for a reason they are a really good place to start but they're maybe not what every person cares about i agree and i also don't think that if they do end up adding rings i've seen some people share the idea that maybe a sleep ring should be the new default fourth one and i disagree with that if only because Sleep is a like it's very hard to make any assumptions about sleep for other people, mm. and by this I mean that the watch already makes some pretty broad assumptions about like oh you need to stand twelve hour, twelve hours a day, but to make an assumption about another person's sleep schedule, and to have a default value for a sleep ring, you need to account for what what if you know what if I'm the mother of you know of of a young child and I cannot sleep 6 hours per night anymore or what if I work the night shift and my sleep schedule right now is all messed up because of this yeah sleep is a hard one like all the other ones are so like they're so basic right like 12 hours standing up a day you know and 30 minutes of activity like that they seem to be pretty simple like that they're, they're, they're not very for a lot of people it wouldn't be hard to miss those right but to say eight hours a night like that's not gonna that's not Exa- gonna work like and i personally cannot get eight hours of sleep anymore like eight consecutive hours of sleep like i just it just doesn't happen anymore Mm -hmm. and if i sleep more than seven hours i wake up and i have a headache and i feel super groggy and everything like it's it's Mm. just just doesn't happen anymore but it's also something that like what if you don't get the the sleep ring full then what you're gonna have to take a forced (laughs) nap during the day like no i don't want to take that's why i think underscores like recommendation of like sleep could be a factor in another ring 
right? That that could like that the idea of recovery. But any underscores in the Relay FM members Discord as we were recording live and says that quality sleep quality, heart rate variability, resting heart rate are also good recovers of how like uh, indicators of how stressed or recovered you are. So like that yeah. recovery ring could be a lot of things. However, at the same time. All of those things still feel like it could be tricky to achieve that one in a streak mentality yeah. if so many things are factoring into it. Like, what do you do to bump the number up if you play that game? Yeah, and it's a, ve- it's a very fine line to walk between gamifying the system and just l- making people feel stressed and unaccomplished Yeah, f- for this stuff, you know? And, like, what if it's, like, a difficult period for me right now Mm -hmm. especially now with all the things going on it's like yes i'm more stressed don't make me feel bad about that you know so i get it and i do want to of course i want to have native sleep tracking but to have it as a ring that is for sleep alone which is an idea that i've seen shared on twitter with again some concepts and all that kind of stuff i think it could be tricky to make it work and make assumptions that will work for everybody and without running into the issue of making people feel bad i i don't know it could be it could be part of a bigger recovery ring which is uh, i think it's a more interesting idea then again it all comes down to the data that you're collecting there like what's what is recovery for you like how do you know that i'm not stressed is that because of new sensors that you have and like is it is it something that I need to tell you? Like I've also seen like these mood trackers, for example, right? That multiple times during the day they ask you, "Are you happy? Are you feeling stressed or relieved?" And like, sure. I just don't think it's something that I want to do all the time. Like, so let's actually touch on that because um, one of the things that underscore mentions is more mental health applications for the watch in general, and I saw a separate rumor about WatchOS 7 potentially getting a blood oxygen sensor that apparently could help mm. with stress detection. Okay, so I see that's I don't something. Okay. completely understand how that works, but, like, I'll just take it, you just know, science, on the surface. Just yeah, science. But, like, you know, if, if I would... I think I would like my watch to be able to understand how stressed I am. I don't know if I would. I think I would really need to understand how that made me feel. I I do feel like my watch telling me I'm stressed might make me more stressed. Um, uh-huh, same. But I'm not sure yet. And in the same vein of like, if it only is recognizing when I'm in like intense moments, if it can provide me with things to do, you know, like more than just as underscore mentions, you know, more than just the breathe. Maybe there's like, as, as Stephen was talking about, like mindfulness, like meditation built in, like the Apple could, do to try and help me calm down that might be good but i also do feel like if i'm feeling particularly stressed my watch saying like hey you're stressed i could imagine many times of me taking my watch off and launching it across the room so like i feel like i'm not sure yet how that would make me feel but could be interesting if done correctly but i think this honestly like this is quite similar to sleep in that I think these things would differ for a lot of people as to what they might want. And it, it, I think this might be why some of these things have taken maybe more time than we would have expected to come to the Apple Watch. Because I think trying to implement them for a large amount of people, rather than people that opt in to get third-party applications that do this stuff, is, I expect, quite a tricky prospect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, rest days. This is one that should be added. I can't believe they haven't added it. Like, if you are injured and have a 1,000-day exercise streak and you've twisted your ankle, right, or, like, broke your leg or you're sick, losing that streak feels so mean. Like, the concept of rest days exists in exercise, right? Like, it is a very normal thing that you will take a rest day, like, that you won't exercise every day to give yourself a break if you want one. Sometimes this can be a mental health thing, right? Like, that... I don't want to exercise today. It will make me feel better to not exercise. Like not having rest days is really wild to me. Like it really is wild. Yeah, it's surprise very surprising to me that it's still not part of the uh activity stuff and especially like right now I sure hope that you know the lockdown and a global pandemic must I I guess it must have shown Apple why this isn't like a feature that needs to happen. Uh, because maybe, you know, you haven't been able to go for a run or you haven't been able to go to the gym and maybe mm-hmm. you cannot have an, a gym inside your apartment. Like, this is a feature that... And maybe, again, you're just sick and you cannot get out of bed and you're not crazy like Kyle, you know, goes for a run even if he's running a fever. Like, uh, most people don't do that, right? Um, I mean, I would die if I do that, so... It could be argued that maybe you shouldn't. Right, like everybody's different, but, but. sure, and n- not everybody is, you know, twenty three years old and super strong. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, when you're sick, you likely want to stay in bed and just, you know, hope to get better. So, yes, a rest day is a is a. And also, most physicians will tell you that you're not supposed to work out heavily every single day, right? They will tell you that you actually do need a, 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 a pause day in your work in your workout routine because that's how the body recovers. And you know when uh, tissues recover and muscles, uh, the, you build muscle du- during those days. Um, so I'm very surprised that that this is still not a native feature of the whole activity system by Apple. And I think that people think about the exercise ring as the hard thing to achieve here, but I think it's the move ring. Because the move ring adjusts based on mm-hmm. you. The exercise ring is fixed at 30, but the move ring is changing based on the amount of calories that you burn based on your movement, and it will increase and decrease over time. And it, there's been many people I've seen like uh, online talking about the fact that like a 400 for you and a 400 for me are different. Like The number's the same, but what, it, what that watch is gauging as to what it would take me to burn that is is different from person to person so i think that that's when like if you're changing your movering and doing what the watch is suggesting that you do to be more and more active like that gets harder and harder to achieve and if you're sick or you want to take a break like maybe you can't now and that seems very strange uh improved workout detection is something i think this is an interesting one uh, like it, the, the automatic workout detection exists, but could always be better. Um, like, you know, the Apple Watch can do very interesting things to to when I'm doing a workout, right? To be like, oh, we think you've moved this way and this way and this way based on what we know about this type of workout. Like, could that be expanded? Like, if I'm doing yoga and haven't told the watch I'm doing yoga, could it know? When I'm doing yoga, it knows I'm doing yoga. It's tracking yoga movement, right? But, like, could it know? Like, I don't usually move my arms around and around in this way, right? Like, could you be doing something with the sensors to be like, this is abnormal? 
and ask me then as opposed to if I'm just working up a real sweat, you know? Like, is there more types of workouts that could be detected? Um, because whenever I do yoga, I always forget to tell my Apple Watch. Every single time, I just forget. I wonder if it could apply some of the same logic where it says, hey, you use this app this time of day. Like, hey, you seem to do yoga every other day at 8 a.m. Maybe I could start suggesting yeah. so you don't forget to hit the button. That could be uh, a nice middle ground. Uh, true watch independence. So mm. this has gone a long way, right? Like this with uh, being able to have apps installed or like that just uh, watch apps and stuff like that. But there were two parts of the watch independence that David mentioned that I thought were that seemed to make sense to me. Being able to set up an Apple Watch without an iPhone. That's an eventual thing. I don't think we're there yet, but I think that will happen one day. And also having CloudKit adapted for watchOS more. So you could sync, the watch can sync with the phone when it's close, but also sync with the cloud directly when it can't. So having more CloudKit stuff could be good for watchOS, I guess. The thing about the watch being set up independently from the phone is that fundamentally changes the watch's position in the world. Right now, the watch is a satellite to the phone. And I think when they say, hey, okay, you can now set this up on its own, then the watch becomes its own product in a way. Same thing happened with what iOS 5, I think, where PC free, right? Hey, you can set up a phone, an iPhone, without a Mac or a PC. You can install software updates without iTunes, right? And they added those things over time. I don't know the last time I plugged my iPhone into a computer. It's probably been years, right? And I think the watch will get there. I just, I don't know if it's quite ready. Yeah, I just figure with iCloud, you know, like you can still tie them all together yeah. in a way, but just not needing it for that initial setup could be interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, last two things. These are things that we've spoken about recently, but they're just worth mentioning here. Um, the always on during workouts. I think I mentioned this maybe last week or the week before uh, that the screen dims, right? Like, and shows that little digital clock, which I hate when we, I think during workouts, it should be possible to just leave some kind of always-on screen, which is better, more useful, um, and more customizable watch faces in general. Like, I think this needs a huge amount of work done to it, uh, being able to have more complication types or more watch faces and have them be a lot more flexible than they are right now is a big project, but I think a much, much, much needed project. Especially, like David mentions in his wish list, the ability to have... Um for complications to mm -hmm. to be able to export like multiple versions of the same complication basically which is definitely something that i noticed when i was playing around with watchsmith and also with other apps like apple apps can do this they you can have multiple complications for the same thing that's not possible for third parties yet and it does feel like something that that should exist on the platform for watch face customization because i would love to have like multiple uh, complications for, say, you know, the time zone thing in, in Watchsmith, right? Uh, so definitely more freedom there to, to have multiple versions of multiple complications from the same app. That would be lovely. I do have some additional things to share and a quick story to tell, if you guys are okay with it. And I, Of course. I actually have f photographic proof of the story. Is this going to be another like really relatable man of the people story? <laughs> I think I think so, but you also need to wait for me to send you like it'll happen in a few minutes. So stay with me. Um 
So I mentioned uh, in terms of like other watchOS features that I would like to see uh, e better and easier and just faster software updates. That's a given. Um, I also would like to use the digital crown to scroll through different sets of complications for the same watch face. So right now, the, the digital crown, I thought that it was unused. Mike actually mentioned that you can use the crown to wake the screen, mm -hmm. like you can dim it up and down. And I totally forgot that this existed because I never do it. I always wake the watch the, the old-fashioned way by just uh, flicking my wrist. So I totally forgot that the crown was an option to wake the display. What I would like to do, basically, is I always want to use the same watch face. However... I feel like I want to cycle through different sets of complications either during the day or based on what I'm doing. Like, I never want to switch between faces by long pressing and swiping. Like, I find that so inconvenient and kind of, you know, th that gesture I really don't like. Instead, I want to keep the same watch face, but I want to basically alternate between different sets of complications for the same face. And I figured, why not use the, the digital crown, maybe have some haptic feedback action going to, to, you know, to make that more tactile. You could, you could actually feel the swapping between complications. I don't know, it's just something that I would like to have instead of having to press down and recreate my watch face and swipe to the other watch face with other complications. Just let me customize one and let me have like, uh, like uh, different sets of complications for the same face and let me and use the crown to swap between them because i think this could actually be more useful than using the crown to wake the screen i mean you already have a relatively easy and reliable gesture to do that so i don't know it could be an option um i want to have a grid view for the dock i really dislike the vertical carousel for the dock i just want to have some kind of grid view that shows me more thumbnails at the same time and that is faster to navigate. Would you imagine you would be tapping things to open them or would it scroll like left, right, down, left, right, down, left, right, down, you know, like if you're scoring with the digital crown? I would imagine like, first of all, I would imagine a horizontal uh, display, not a vertical list. And basically something like the app switcher is what I'm thinking of uh, from, uh, okay. from, I see from the saying. iPad, but of course I adapted to watchOS, but like a grid of... Uh, tiny windows uh, that I can that I can choose. It just feels very slow to browse the dock right now and to very carefully scroll this list of windows. I just dislike it. I think it could be easier and faster to use as a grid. And I think that's a that's so that's the the the, the main list. There's a one last feature that I would like to talk about and to show you photographic proof. So. I would really like to have a standard QWERTY keyboard with support for multiple languages. I think it's absolutely wild that Apple still does not offer a system keyboard for the Apple Watch. And if you go to the Watch App Store, you're going to find that the Flick Type keyboard is consistently at the top of the pay top paid charts, exactly because people just want a keyboard to type their things. Yes, you can have the scribbling feature. Yes, you can have dictation. But really, sometimes you just want to press letters with, without having to draw them, especially because I cannot seem to get some letters right with the scribble, scribble thing. And I have a story to tell here. So during the first couple of weeks of lockdown here in Italy, doing online grocery shopping, shopping was basically impossible. 
uh, Amazon mm. Prime now was not working and the websites for our local supermarkets were also not working due to the excessive demand. So once a week or twice a week, I would have to go out and actually do the grocery shopping myself. And usually I go to this relatively small uh, grocery shop that doesn't have everything that we need, but has the essentials. Yeah. Until we reached the point where I needed to get the essentials, which meant I needed to go to the real big supermarket. But to go to that supermarket, uh, I knew that there was going to be a line. So imagine, picture Federico a couple of months ago wearing a mask and gloves. Where a lot of people are right now. Exactly. Where a lot of people sadly are right now. So mask on, gloves on, and waiting in line in the parking lot of a supermarket for one hour and 15 minutes under the sun. So I was sweaty and covered with a mask and gloves. And I could actually see the sweat dripping out of my gloves and into my wrist, which was super gross. I was, it was very hot. Um, and I was standing in line with my empty cart in the parking lot, waiting because they were just letting a couple of people in at, at a time. So at some point, I was just uh, browsing Twitter, actually. It was one of those few times when I was replying to people. You were replying to tweets. I, were, I was replying to tweets, and my phone died like my iphone just went black screen it just straight up died it rebooted and it got stuck with a spinner in the middle of the screen and it wouldn't do anything like i i tried to like a combination of pressing the the physical uh keys on the iphone and it wouldn't do anything it was just a spinner and the longer it kept spinning the hotter mm-hmm. the phone got. I've had, I've had this. And I realized, I realized that, oh, something terrible is happening here. And I remembered that I read somewhere that there was a specific combination of pressing the, the volume and the side button that would get my phone unstuck. But of course, because my phone died, I couldn't Google that combination of you know things to press and i didn't want to ask random people to let me use their phone because it was the first couple of weeks of lockdown and everybody was freaked out by you know just being near other people so i needed to tell something to sylvia but my phone was dead and i remembered oh this is actually a perfect use case for my watch sorry Because I do have a cellular watch and I can just, you know, my, I can see that it's actually connected right now and I can send her an iMessage to tell her um, something about the, you know, the, the grocery that I need to buy. Except I opened iMessage and I realized this message is way too long to be scribbled down by drawing the, the letters. And I ca- also kept getting the letters wrong. And I tried to use FlickType because I had it installed on my watch but it was not letting me type anything in Italian uh, because I don't think it's supported or because it was just defaulting to English. And the more I kept pressing letters on the QWERTY keyboard, the more it kept auto-correcting to something else. Mm. And I was getting very frustrated uh, because I, I I just couldn't type the message that I needed to tell Sylvia. So I realized, okay, I'm going to be looking ridiculous right now, especially because I'm also wearing a mask and I cannot take the mask off, but I'm going to have to dictate this message on my watch in front of a lot of other people, which I'm very, you know, self-conscious of doing still in public. So 
sure enough, I enabled dictation and I start dictating this message. And the way that dictation works is as soon as you press done, you cannot review the message. The message is sent instantly to the other person, right? Hmm. So I will now share with you a screenshot of the message that I sent. Can I put this in the show notes? Yes, you can. Can you tell me what you were trying to say? Like, can you? Or, or I why? honestly, I honestly don't remember. I, okay. No, no, no. I do remember. I do remember. I was telling Sylvia that my phone died uh-huh. and that I couldn't get it to work anymore, and that if she want, and that I still had that she couldn't call me, but that I had the grocery list available in reminders. Okay, that's what I was gonna tell her. And now you were saying soon- this in Italian, I assume. I was dictating in Italian, of course, yeah. because, I mean, I already look ridiculous, right? Talking into my watch in public. Imagine yeah. talking to the watch in public in English, right? In Rome, as clearly an Italian person who has been talking to other people in line in Italian, suddenly started talking in English to, into his watch. So as soon as you receive this screenshot, Mike, I want you to read it out loud. Okay. Wait till. So. This is what Sylvia received, and you can imagine her reaction. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Miss Empanada's telephone. (laughs) On, so I guess for chess win. (laughs) I need to do this again. This is going to be really hard to do in one go. All right, okay, okay. Okay, Miss Empanada's telephone. On, so I (laughs) guess... Go slow. You need to... (sighs) Okay, Miss Empanada's telephone. On, so I guess for chess win the others... Roddy of the Arlo, hey, send me that he keeps giving me some messages. Miss <laughs> 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 Empanada's telephone. Oh my god, that's good. Oh wow. All this to say, Apple, you do support multiple languages for dictation and typing on your iPhone. Is it really that difficult to support multiple languages for dictation and a keyboard input mode on the watch? Because I honestly don't want to be in this situation anymore. So the problem there then is that it is taking in Italian and trying to translate it to English based on what it thinks it's hearing. I don't even know how it's possible to get that result because Italian doesn't sound like English. I know. Right? Like... I can't imagine. I said, I mean, telephone is telephono, which I said, like. Yeah, all right. See, so, uh, I mean, like, obviously, the occasional word, right? Like, is going to be but, okay. Mis empanadas. Like, I honestly, it's weird um, to me that, it, like, it even tries. <laughs> it's not just like I don't know what you're saying, right? Like, it's 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 very peculiar. So, um, yeah. Uh, Please give me a keyboard where I can choose to type in either in English or in Italian. It's and it's so surprising because it's the kind of feature that Apple got right years ago on on the iPhone and the iPad. And last year they added support for dictation in multiple languages in in iOS 13. So it's not something that doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist on the watch. And especially now that we have a cellular watch with the freedom to use it without the iPhone, um, I just think it's obvious that. It, it needs to needs to happen at, at some point. So hopefully in WatchOS 7. Uh, but yeah, and then there was a whole back and forth um, between uh, Sylvia and me later about what... Like, she got concerned. Like, she thought that somebody stole my phone, basically. Um, so Wow. Apparently, you can change the dictation language by force touching. That's what I'm being told in the Discord. 
Oh, how would I know, right? <laughs> Force touching? You see, that's the problem. Just give me a button. Is that is that too hard? Also, can you really change? So if I press on the uh, microphone... Oh, look at that. You can choose a language. Of course, I had no idea. <laughs> so there you go. Well, okay, so there's two things here. Yeah, okay, that's great. You can do that. It should be detecting it. Like Apple has a system for that. Like it exists in iOS, as you said, right? Like the, de- the detection of a language... It would be good if you could do that rather than needing to manage. So all this time I could have dictated just... You got half the way there. Just by long pressing. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that says something about, you know, hiding functionality behind the force press. But, you know, discussion for another time. So what I want to know, are you now calling Sylvia Miss Empanada's telephone around the house? Is that like a cute nickname? I am. I am. I am not. I also... Honestly... I know that empanadas are like a Mexican food. I don't oh, think so I know good. what they are. They're really nice. You would like an empanada. I guess I would. I do I like Mexican would. food. You would like an empanada. I'm telling mm-hmm. you that. Okay. It's good, good information to have. One day, Federico, we will eat empanadas together. One day. Until then, if you want to find links in the show notes, head on over to the website at relay.fm slash connected slash 295 while you're there. There's a bunch of fun activities you can take part in. You can become a member to support the show directly and get access to that Relay FM members Discord, which is a whole lot of fun. You can send us an email with feedback or follow-up, or you can find us on Twitter. Mike is there as I-M-Y-K-E. Mike is the host of a bunch of shows here on Relay FM. You can find Federico on Twitter sometimes at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. He is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. You can find me there as ISMH and my writing at 512pixels.net. I'd thank our sponsors this week, Pingdom and Bombas. And until next time, gentlemen, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Adios.